No one in IT has clicked on one of these, have they? It has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Can usually, we throw anybody under the bus? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> we won't do that. Buckle up. You're listening to Terminal Exchange. I'm Philip Adams, and this is episode 40 of Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. As the holidays approach, seemingly all at once, if you've been out shopping recently, it's more important than ever to make sure your personal information, email, bank accounts, and online logins are secure. So take this reminder to update your old passwords or make those weaker or similar passwords stronger and harder to crack. That's what this week's feature exchange is all about. So here's our Chief Information Officer, Doug Knepp, and Systems Administrator, Jesse Knapp, for Password123. Well, it is October, and that means, of course, it is National Cybersecurity Month. I'm sure everybody knew that that's exactly what that was, right? You guys knew what that was, didn't you? Yeah, Jesse and, and Doug. So I have invited in here uh, Doug Knepp and Jesse Knapp from our IT department to talk a little bit uh, about cybersecurity awareness, some of the, uh, the practices that we have in here as, as a company, and then some of the things that you can do as individuals uh, privately uh, for yourselves with your family, some of the measures that you can take uh, to make sure that your uh, assets are secure and uh, safe from you know, the bad guys. Guys, I want to ask you just to kind of do some overview of some of the measures that we have in place. What are some of the things that we're looking out for here as Newsbound Transportation, as a corporate company? What are some of the things that we're watching out for and, and doing to keep those bad guys out? Okay, and I'm sure everyone has seen in the news the articles about data breaches, uh, information breaches, uh, stolen credit cards, those sort of things. And so here at Newsbomb, we are always on the lookout for what our risks are and what steps we need to take to uh, guard against those. And so from the basics, such as running firewalls, running antivirus, uh, keeping our software up to date and patched against security flaws that may be discovered, we're also doing end-user training and trying to keep everybody aware of how those attacks might come in. And attacks are only the part eventually someone will get through. So how do you respond to that? So we're also trying to make sure we have procedures in place that when somebody or something happens, we can identify that and react quickly and promptly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to dumb this down a little bit, uh, more layman's terms. Uh, for anybody that's not super familiar or super savvy with some of this lingo, and like firewall, antivirus. And we're, we're living in a digital age, but you know some may still not quite understand how what all that stuff is doing why it's important, you know, just give a kind of an example of what all that actually is doing. Right. So we'll go into a firewall first. Uh, When you can connect your computer to the internet, uh, it's kind of like having your house connected to the street. And without a firewall, your door is wide open. Uh, Traffic can walk in and out of your house and look at any 
stuff you have sitting around. Uh, firewall is basically locking the door and uh, checking the traffic and only allowing in those users that you would like to come in and those see that have a key or right. And then antivirus is kind of like patrolling the inside of the house, making sure that the people that did come in checking their passes, you know, making sure they they have permission to be inside. Mm-hmm. Didn't leave something behind that. Yeah. Could pass yeah. on and corrupt something and. Yep. Inside of your system. Somebody didn't come in behind somebody and trail in or whatever. What are some of the things that, I mean, as a company here, what are some of the things that people on the outside, the bad guys, quote unquote, are looking for? Why why are they coming after or trying to get into the door of Newsbomb? So one widespread threat uh, that really has really taken off here in the last few years is the threat of ransomware where those who are attacking don't care so much who they attack. And what they do is if they can infect your system, they will encrypt all of your files and then demand a ransom uh, to unencrypt them so that you can use them again. And that threat could attack you personally on your personal computer um, or it could affect an entire organization. And we've seen news articles where whole cities – um, school districts, hospitals uh, have been affected by this where they demand a large ransom or it could be uh, your personal computer and it's a small ransom, but it's been a very good moneymaker for the crooks to uh, do that. So that that is a threat that would affect everybody. What, what keeps those guys from doing it again? I've always wondered that. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they're, they're in. Okay, they get money, they can turn you back on, but then what keeps them from... They, holding uh, your ransom one, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, that's definitely something that you question. But at the same time, a lot of them have reputations, even in the the dark web era. You know, it's like if you start selling something, you got to change your 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 pseudonym or whatever to be somebody else. And so once you build up a reputation, you want to try to keep it. Just like we want to so keep like our reputation. So there's like honor amongst thieves, sort of to thing. To some degree, I think that's about the only thing that does. Because as soon as they lose the reputation and hey, we're not giving you your keys back even when you give us our money. Everyone's going to quit paying it. Um, that's uh, the only thing I can think of that, correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, that's like the only thing I can think of that would stop you from just saying, eh, it's a good I, question. I'll just take your money and run with it. That's crazy. <laughs> but, what, what are some of the ways then very specifically that they're able to uh, get in and get that uh, malware, ransomware, uh, any of that sort of stuff in, in there into your personal computer here in the office or or at home increasingly we're seeing those threats come in through email uh, through uh, social engineering where the email will appear to be from somebody that it's not it'll appear to be from FedEx saying we couldn't deliver your package Uh, click here on this link to track it and that link may take you to another website that looks like FedEx's website uh, but actually has code on it to take advantage if you haven't patched your browser to exploit that vulnerability and infect your system. Or it could just be trying to harvest your username and password Hmm. by mimicking your email page and you type in your email address and your password and then they have access to your account. Mm -hmm. And then they can use that to spread even further. So the danger of having your email and password, what what are the potential dangers there? Uh, Or what what can they do with that at that point? Endless. And if you think about, you go to 
some website on to reset your password. Where's that reset link go to? Your email. Or if I want to pretend I'm Philip and I want to send an email to Ryan and I have your email password, I can pretend I'm Philip and Ryan won't know it mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, you can impersonate, you can, the list goes on and on. Once you have that, those credentials, you can get a lot. But it's just going to be to that account because everybody uses a different password for every account that they have too, right? Yeah. Well, ideally. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's one of the big touching points you try to teach people when they come on, uh, friends and family, is use a different password for every account. Yeah. Every account. Um, because you, you don't want the same one. Now here, we use a password manager uh, to keep track of all our passwords. I've got, I don't know how many different accounts that I'm I'm can log into on any given day, but I don't have to remember what all those different passwords are. I've got this, this password manager that's set up on my computer. I log into it and I can access all my passwords without having to remember everything. And I assume, I mean, since you're recommending that for us, that'd be, you know, a general recommendation to use something like that. There's a bunch of different options out there. Yeah. Somebody's going to ask me the three top ones. LastPass is free, accessible, all platforms, works fairly well. Um, if you don't like your passwords in the cloud, KeyPass is an open source, locally stored one that's very reputable. And if you want to pay for one, um, maybe a little bit nicer interface or something, one passwords, highly recommended mm-hmm. as well. Um, what about, I mean, so there's, it seems a little bit more uh, questionable, but even like Google has their, uh, their, their password manager and Apple has Keychain, uh, those things. Those should we feel fairly comfortable being able to use those, or is that? How do you feel about that? That's because that, that, that's that's question. ready at the fingertips <laughs> of most users out there right now. Yeah, that's historically browser password managers have been not very good at securely storing your passwords. Apple's keychain is a little different. Um, I think that's a lot more. It is a lot more secure than like the Google Chrome password manager, but. All of them are recognizing the importance of this and trying to get it up. I haven't done enough research on Google Chrome's like password mm-hmm. management stuff to know what it is because it is very accessible, easy to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I can't give you a great answer on that, unfortunately. I don't know. Doug has a <laughs> opinion. So with that, just kind of a random side question here on security. Any thoughts on logging in, signing into whatever web page over here to an account? using Google or Facebook, using your Google account or Facebook account. Now it's pretty easy as just sign in with Facebook and I don't have to keep track of anything else. I don't even, I'm not even storing a password now. It's just using my Facebook login credentials to identify me and and pull me in. I would say, (laughs) um, I've done it on some stuff. Um, probably I have too. And I think most of us probably have two big, quick, Things that come to mind on that are, A, Google and Facebook have a uh, good history on privacy. Um, They're not good, but a well-known history on privacy. (laughs) So when you're using that, they're getting more data for advertising. Whether you, if you're okay with that, that's fine. And if somebody gets your Google or Facebook credentials, they can get into any one of those websites you just used. So that is the downside of that. So Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, if your email is a Google email account and they have your Google email, username, and password, they cannot get into any website. You use the same, and the same goes for Facebook. Um, but it is easier, and you don't have to remember a password. But if yeah. you're using a password manager, a lot of that, 
once you get yourself into the habit of using that, a lot of the pain goes away of having different passwords and it's fairly simple to set up and use. And so I typically don't do it. As a matter of principle with a one password to one website, I tend to not link my accounts that way as well. Yeah. I, I, I will say that as we've gone through some different, you know, security training here, I had started going in and trying to change anything that I did have in as a Facebook login and change that over to an official email password, unique login. Um, but I know there's still some out there. It's, and sometimes just it's way easier just to use that. And it just, it is, they've made it super simple, which is great for a user experience. Not so much if somebody manages to steal your information though. Um, you, IT, uh, a couple years back, started an initiative training all of us here in the office anyway to be on the lookout, to be aware of malicious emails, of phishing emails coming in to our inbox that may be trying to get us to go click on that FedEx link. Uh, that campaign involves sending out fake emails. They're, they're not going to harm us, right? You're using a third-party service uh, to send out these fake phishing emails uh, with the purpose of helping us be vigilant, to be aware of the things that we're clicking on and these emails coming in. How's that been working out uh, so far overall? It's been a great educational tool. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very nice political (laughs) response. (laughs) It's working out good and bad, depending on how you look at it. Um, From when we first started implementing it and sending out these mm -hmm. phishing emails, we had a very high number of clicks. Uh, Users were not being very cautious at all with their corporate email. And through the course of time, uh, that number has dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've set a goal. Um, if we hit a certain target, we would have an ice cream party uh, here in the office, and we have had one or two of those. It's um, been a while, though. It's yeah. been a while, <laughs> <laughs> and we have had some very good uh, streaks yep. of success. Uh, yeah. But then there's there's that one click in there. Uh, but then that becomes a learning experience. Often, what we've learned is the people clicking know better. Uh, mm-hmm. including us in the IT department. No one in IT has clicked on one of these, have they? It has happened. Yeah. <laughs> and Can we usually, throw anybody under the bus? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> we won't do that. But what we what we learn is that it most often happens when we're in a hurry. Yeah. And we don't take the time to be careful like we should. We're trying to work through a full inbox like we all have, mm-hmm. and something grabs our attention and we click on it. And then we wish we hadn't. Yep. So those take you back and uh, help you be more careful the next time. We had uh, in one of our meetings uh, a while back uh, an example of a company that we're kind of familiar with uh, that did fall prey to, to one of these attacks and uh, took them out for a little bit. You want to describe some of what happened, how that took place? how an email got opened or, or whatever the case was. I forget exactly the details of it. But, an attachment. Uh, so in an attachment, somebody opened that up. Um, but then how that managed to affect <laughs> the entire company. Uh, you want to walk me through that? Like so what the realities of what could actually happen when just a single person opens up a bad email. Correct. And, the, and, and not just opening the bad, the bad email, because just opening the email won't really 
do anything. It's it's opening, it, clicking on something in that email, or opening an attachment with that yeah. email, right? So yeah. clicking correct. a link or opening an attachment. Yeah. So in that instance, I believe there was a uh, targeted attack, sent in a phishing email, and it had an attachment that appeared to be an invoice or something mm-hmm. along those lines that looked very similar to all the other invoices they ever received. And so they opened that, and that executed a, a payload on their computer and infected it, which then began to spread through the network to other computers. And so when they, the user noticed the computer was running slow, things weren't working right, things were crashing, they called their IT department and started looking into it and discovered it had malware on the computer and so started trying to isolate it, remove it. Uh, unfortunately, it kept spreading on them to other uh, locations, other computers. Mm-hmm. And in their instance, they ended up shutting down all computers, taking them all offline and starting over from scratch, rebuilding them all. System wide, and and they aren't based in just one location. They've got multiple, correct? Yep. You know, hubs or whatever. Yep. That's so it was a tremendous a undertaking, yeah. multi-day and it, outage, yeah, and uh, tremendous loss of revenue um, from that. If that happened to us, what would that mean to to be out? I have an outage for a few days. So we're, we think about that, <laughs> um, and try to take steps to prepare for those sort of scenarios. So we have failback systems in place um, that hopefully if systems went down, we could fail over. Unfortunately, if something went undetected, your backups could be infected as well. Mm -hmm. And so if there was a scenario where you had to take all of your online equipment offline to start from scratch, you'd be back to dispatching with Pencil and paper for a and time. I don't know that we would know what to do. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> to be honest. It's something we you try not to lose sleep on and just do the best yeah. you can. To but you guys have, have prepared. You've done a lot of measures. Like you said, the backup. case If something does happen, you have a way to hopefully combat it and stay up and, and not have that downtime. But It's always a work in progress. I mean, but, there's... yeah. Well, everyone in IT could spend their entire next year working on security-related stuff and still, and still not be as secure as what you want to be. Yeah. Um, so it is definitely a work in progress. But we but, do work with the managers for what would you need if that happened? What would you yep. need to keep, yeah. keep trucks yes. moving, yep. keep yep. customers to, serviced? Yep, but um, it would yep. it would be a, a, a not good thing to put that in simple <laughs> feel terms. feel like going back to the dark ages. <laughs> yes, and if you think about how much is computer-based, yeah, you know, we just rolled out all the of our link communications and, to, link and geotab to drivers. Yeah. Even more dependent on it now. And it's great. We're glad we're there because it's helping us service drivers better. But if it's all of a sudden gone, yeah, it'd be a big deal. So we've talked some about corporate cybersecurity here, uh, but on a personal level, so you know, large part of our audience here is drivers. The, the drivers aren't connected into our system the same way that non-drivers are. But what are some of the things that individuals can do? Uh, to safeguard against personal attacks that uh, can go after credit cards and other. Uh, we hear about identity theft quite a bit, and credit cards are real big on this, uh, companies, banks, and everything. What are some of the steps and measures that, that they can be taking personally? Sometimes it's helpful, helpful to stay, take a step back, like you said earlier. What are we trying to take protective measures against? So what do you all have online accounts for? Bank account? Um credit card logins, 
and then who has your information out there? Um, the a big one is like Equifax. <laughs> I didn't, I don't have an account with Equifax, but they had, were hacked, and now somebody has my social security number. You know, and that gives you a lot of information. So when you take a step back, what do I need to protect, and what can I do to help with that? You know, I want to protect my bank account so it doesn't get stolen. Well, let's put a different password on my bank account than I have on my email account than I have on Facebook and the Mm -hmm. list goes on and on. And that's where a password manager helps so that if someone has my Facebook password, they can't log into my bank account and drain my bank account. It's a pretty simple, pretty simple step to do a big risk mitigation on. Mm -hmm. Um, Doug has. So Jesse, if I need a different password on my bank account and on my Amazon account and on my email account, I better make them easy to remember, like one, two, three, four, five, six, or password one, or how do you remember all those different passwords? <laughs> that, that is where the password manager comes in, because people don't think as differently from other people as they would like to think they do with passwords. Uh, no. Password one, two, three is like one of the number one passwords in the world by a huge margin. So if I'm a hacker, I don't even have to know your password. I can just start, if I know your email address, I can just try the top 200 passwords right on google's website and i can do that with a computer that will do that and uh faster than you can blink an eye so (laughs) yeah if you have a password manager it can auto generate a password or um if you want to know it so i still want to know my email account password pass phrases let's get rid of the word password um let's think in pass phrases um is the one we really try to when a new employee comes in Bringing them on board, we really try to hammer home past phrases. So take three or four words, combine them together. Um, are, now, are these related or unrelated words? Typically unrelated. You don't want a sentence. So you want everyone wanna... knows I love my wife, right? Right. So that's an easy one. But like, you just take three unrelated words. Um, sometimes I like to tie them together, maybe to memory to help me remember it. So something from when I was six years old, I had something happen, and they're unrelated words, but I can tie them together in my mind. It'll help me remember them, but it's not going to be something a computer can guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the big thing. And so if you have three or four words, that's a huge step over a password. If you want to take it the next step, you take some of those um, letters and change them to a number if it makes sense. I know, Doug, do you have a good example on that? or The one you see on uh, posted all over as an example is correct horse battery staple or something yep. like that. Yep, it's a comic and strip. It's a... Um, One that's out there, just four completely random, completely random words, words, unrelated. Yep. And then you take something like an E and change it to a three or something. Right. Um, It's helpful to remember. If you do that on just a word, if you take password and change the O to a zero, a computer can do that faster than what you can. Yeah. It doesn't help because it's a common password one, two, three, and changing an O to a zero did nothing to improve the security of it. Literally, absolutely nothing. So that's where, yeah, you got to. Come up with a passphrase, ideally completely unrelated words. Um, Do you have a, is there a recommended length of password otherwise for like number of characters that you want to target for? I typically go at least 14 if I can. I think the longer the better. I think I counted one time. I, I, it's hard to count the, the, the characters. I think like my newspawn login or, or maybe it's not my newspawn login, but uh, some login I've got, actually several of them are probably like 20 three, 25, six characters long, depending on which password I'm using. It's something that I can remember maybe using those, uh, those passphrases. I've implemented that, but because some of those you need to 
use more regularly. Yep. But yeah, I've and had to retype my password several times though, because <laughs> you miss accidentally mistype one of those characters and you got to start back from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing that's interesting about passwords is um, the recommendations and guidelines that like the U.S. government and the U.K. government and like Microsoft are putting out anymore is not to have. You know, it needs to be seven long, and you got to have one uppercase, one lowercase, one special character, and one number. It's make it over XYZ long. Um, a lot of them will say 10, 12, 14. Don't require anything else because <laughs> studies have shown that with computers, the longer you do, the better. And obviously, special characters help a bunch, and not, you know, changing it up, not making yeah. it all lowercase, but longer is better than having it shorter. Because if you start making special characters in a shorter one, that's actually harder for you to remember and easier for a computer to guess than a longer one that's just, you know, like four words put together. Hmm. So, yeah, use a password manager that will help you a bunch in remembering all those because you won't be able to remember them all. And you don't need to if you have a password manager. Just, just And they'll also help you generate yes. uh, those secure passwords that yeah. you'll, you're not going to remember. Yep. Uh, that use you can make them sixty characters long if you want, but yep. using a whole jumble of different types and yep, I can count on one hand the number of passwords I actually have memorized. Every other one of the hundreds of logins I have between personal and work, I d- I have no idea what it is, um, and so, that's why I back so for up all of our listening manager. audience, which accounts are those, Jesse? Those yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> with some of that security too, uh, and and thinking keeping my assets secure. Now, if you're following Dave Ramsey's uh, philosophy and everything, you're not holding credit cards and everything. Um, but I know we do have uh, a couple credit cards, but we have chosen to use different banks or, or accounts that have fraud protection in there that are good at the fraud protection. We have had um, fraud purchases on our cards, but we get notification right away and we can, you know, instantly just by text message. Respond and say, no, that's not, we, we didn't make that purchase. And then they're on it right away. I guess for me personally, I would recommend if you are going to use any sort of cards and stuff is using a credit card that has that sort of protection built in. Whereas a lot of bank accounts and everything don't have that same sort of uh, fraud protection. So the less you can connect your bank account to a, a merchant, the better. As a rule of thumb, that's a good, yep. good practice to have. I go security wise. I go right in the face of what Dave Ramsey says and get a credit card and don't use your debit card mm-hmm. because you have potentially up to 30 days from when somebody makes a fraudulent purchase on your credit card mm-hmm. to at least work with the credit card company before it hits your bank account. A debit card, it's out of your bank account instantly. Right. But that doesn't help you necessarily financially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there, there, there is that. <laughs> so there is a, a trade there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Doug has more experience too. Um, Unfortunately, I have experienced that a few times. <laughs> uh, one example is it was a Walmart account, and this was before we started using a password manager. And so I used the same password on many websites, and uh-huh. it was a very simple one. I uh, use parts of names and parts of dates uh, in yep. my password, which yep. are both no-nos. Yep. And so we had several accounts get hacked fairly soon together and ended up having to replace some credit cards. But the uh, the one I remember was Walmart got hacked, and I got an email saying, "You've changed your email address hmm. on your account. If you didn't do this, please contact us." So I 
called up Walmart, got my password changed back so I could log back into my account and saw that they had purchased an item and shipped it to California for delivery, which obviously we hadn't purchased. So right. we got that shut down in time, but that was a lesson to me on on password management. And that is when I started using a password manager. Mm-hmm. And it took days to go through all the accounts I had and convert them all over. Oh. I just bit off a little bit at a time because you look at it and you think, oh, I could never do that. But if you set a goal of I'm going to work on this 15 minutes a day and just keep knocking it out till it's done, uh, that's one way to work through. If you are using the same password on 50 websites or 50 different accounts, mm-hmm. um, start at it one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. With the the most high profile, your banking account, your email account. Yeah. First. And and a lot of those, and the I think banks, um, you know, credit card companies and everything have done a pretty good job of setting up some of their credential requirements uh, for, for logging in. A lot of them have two-factor authentication as well. Do you want to describe two-factor um, authentication as well? That That's like another step that you can take in your security. Yeah, that's, that's really something you have, your password, or something you know your password, but something you have. And typically it's your cell phone, and they'll send you a text, or you can have an app you install that would generate codes. And then you type in your password and the thought is if somebody guesses your password and you have two factor set up or it sends you a text as well, you have to have my phone as well. Right. So even if Philip knows my password, as long as he doesn't have my phone to get my text, then it'll greatly increase the security of the account. Yeah. So it's, it's not perfect. There's flaws. You can get around two factor if you really know what you're doing or you can use social engineering, but it, it greatly increases the security of an account. Yeah. Um, just a nice little extra layer. Yes. Yep. So I, I think we've probably covered most of the the basic um, items here, but if you could kind of boil down, uh, give a couple few key items that you can be vigilant about. Uh, we've probably already hammered some of this home, but just to, to drill this down to, to two or three items, what would be your first steps for securing your digital assets? Well, I think, we start with passwords. The the basic thing, don't you don't reuse passwords between accounts and make sure they're good passwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the beginning of it. The second part would be an email. Be skeptical of any email that has an attachment or a link. And uh, I don't think we'd maybe even talked about it, but when there's a link in an email that's going to take you someplace, if you hover over that mm-hmm. um, with your mouse, it usually will show you on the email program where that hyperlink is going to take you. And that should always match where you think it's going. Mm-hmm. If you uh, think it's that FedEx email and it's not going to FedEx.com, uh, be skeptical of it. Yep. And if you really did have a FedEx package, jump over to your web browser, type in FedEx.com and type in your tra- tracking number or copy yep. and paste your tracking number instead of clicking that link if you're at all mm-hmm. skeptical about it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so be, be skeptical of email. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're honest people with integrity and we don't have the level of skepticism we should you, you have. You think the best about of others, others, right? Yeah. 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 So, so be skeptical of the emails you get, especially if there anything seems strange at all about it. Um, it's worth taking the extra caution uh, to stop and think about it before you click or open the attachment and, and verify it uh, by some other means. Call the person on the phone and ask them, did you send that email? Usually not good to reply to it and say, did you send that email? Because if the hacker had, 
mm-hmm. control their inbox, he'll reply and say, yes, I did. Uh, so you might want to use a different method to contact them. So be careful with email. Use good password practice. And uh, maybe the last thing would be just keep your uh, computer up to date. Mm. Um, yep. If you get, you're get you using Microsoft Windows and they come out with a known security flaw, uh, the hackers get those publications too and start writing malware to uh, take advantage of that. And so you want to get them patched before an attack uses that vulnerability. Yep. yep. And make sure you're on the latest versions of Windows 10. They release them twice a year, um, mm-hmm. updates of them. They're always putting new security stuff in there. And so that, that helps. And you can buy antiviruses, and there's good ones out there. But even the free one that comes built in, turned on, ready to go as soon as you install Windows, it's really gotten a lot better. Microsoft's put a lot of work into making it better. So that, to Doug's comment about keeping up to date, that's really big, and your browser should be up to date yeah. too. And then one last thing that I would have is, I mentioned back at the beginning, um, breaches like Equifax, where <laughs> I have no direct, I really don't have too much direct contact with Equifax. Equifax is gathering my information from other companies that I had contact with. Yeah. I don't have a login to Equifax, but yet they had a breach on all my information. And there's a lot of websites out there like that um, that have a breach. And I may have had direct contact with them. Like uh, if Facebook got hacked and they got my password and username out of there, I want to know about that. Mm-hmm. The good thing is um, there's a security researcher in Australia. His name is Troy Hunt. And he uh, has basically become kind of like the world's authoritative source for verifying if breaches are legit. And he has kind of taken it upon himself to upload these. And he has a website called HaveIBeenPawned.com. HaveIBeenPawned.com. Pawned is spelled P-W-N-E-D. And you can plug your email address in there. And he'll tell you, has your email address showed up in any breaches? And he has literally billions, I think, of records that it will go through and see have you showed up in any of these breaches? Mm-hmm. What breaches it was, and that's helpful. And we've had some people show up on that, and it's like you need to change your passwords. And that's where if you have yeah. passwords that are different, it's really easy. You change one website password. If you have passwords that are the same, you might have fifty passwords to change. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I've used that service as well on your uh, advice, and I've had my information come up a few different times. Where, but it's real easy. You just go in and you know that one account. You go change your credentials, and you're and you're back to being secure relatively. Yeah. So, and it's not always passwords. Sometimes it's just personal information, right. and there's nothing you can stuff. do there's about that. So much you can do, other than well, somebody else has my inf- somebody else can buy my information. <laughs> yeah, which a lot of that's already kind of public. Some of that's a little bit more private. It depends on which in- what information they're pulling. Yep. But that uh, service there uh, will tell you what information was was scraped from there, correct? Yep. And, so you then, can, and you can sign up to get notifications if a new one's uploaded. Yep. So, Real quick, uh, going back to the, the updating, um, same goes for even mobile devices and everything, keeping that all up to date. I think any computer, anything digital that you hold on to that connects to the internet, uh, the more up to date it can be, the, correct. the better. Definitely. Yep. yep. So, well, um, I think we'll wrap up there, but Doug, Jesse, I want to say thank you to... Uh, to both of you coming in here and sharing your knowledge and experience in cybersecurity and for doing all the work that you guys do around here uh, to help keep us secure as a company and uh, keeping the bad guys out. Thank Thanks you for having us. 
You've been listening to Terminal Exchange, the official podcast show of Nussbaum Transportation. Nussbaum is an industry leader in over-the-road freight transportation. For more information on Nussbaum's award-winning truckload services and top-paying driving careers, go to Nussbaum.com or NussbaumJobs.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Terminal Exchange. New episodes arrive every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts and share a little love by writing us a review. Then, go deeper into each exchange or listen to previous episodes at our podcast page, TerminalExchange.org.